0: Well, most times these stories write themselves. You know, things start off and you think they're going to be one thing, but a lot of times they end up being another. When the last opportunity you get for somebody to do a story on you to say the spotlight is growing dim on Clark, you think it's kind of over. Uh huh. Not at all.
1: Underestimated and still I made it. In the book of hard knocks, I'm highly educated. Nobody told me looked over, but still dedicated. Played in the league for 13, I ain't gotta be favored. Two Super Bowls, hallelujah, I stood with the greatest. The thing is this, i never rich, I'm good with my neighbors. DB precision, television, they ask for no favors. Numbers don't lie, neither do pictures, just look in the papers. No backing down or turning back. Part two of the movie. Never the biggest, but it takes more than two, just a movie Ain't gotta like what I'm saying. Just watch me go to work and tackle all of these topics right here on Face First.
0: I mean, it seems like getting this set up uh has been difficult. And so now we're ready to go. And so we have Jaden, my child. I am. Uh, we have Marion, who's the artist that has allowed us to use her space. She created a beautiful DB precision. Piece for me, uh and this is an historic face first event. You two are my face first female guest. Hey, so would it be honored. like? So would it be like? Would it be like females first? <laughs> females first on face Fe- first. <laughs> females first. Th- that's what we'll name it. Females first on face first. But we won't have it that long because that's a lot of writing. And Keon's gonna type it. I'm not gonna <laughs> females type. First. It. Females, females first. Females first. That works. So. It's my birthday. Right. And so it's it's cool that I have a birthday gift that I've given to myself now. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. And I get to see my child who has now moved away. Yeah. So that's what happens, man. You raise these kids, Marion, and you give them your entire lives and you <laughs> you bathe them when they're babies and you cook their food for them. Maybe. And when they drop their little nooks or noonies on the ground. You put your life in danger by putting your mouth on it to clean it and then give it back to them. I don't think and that. then they get old and they get boyfriends or girlfriends that they spend more time with than you. And then they move away.
2: What a shame. It's a shame. I think there's more things that have happen. What's going on? Than time <laughs> than that.
0: Yeah. And so, and so, but now to have you guys here is important for me because there are things that I want to have conversations about as it pertains to women, as it pertains to uh, being successful, right? in your adult lives, in in your business lives, in your careers. Also, uh, whether it's romantically, uh, personally, like all of these things are important. But if I talk about it, they're going to be like, well, how in the hell are you mansplaining everything that goes on with these women? (laughs) But the cool part, both of you ladies were high school athletes. Now, I was here for your high school career. Almost got in a fight with an official one time. Oh wow! And you played basketball, correct? Correct were you good in basketball
3: I was I was all state all district all state um MVP of my team I made freshman uh I made varsity my freshman year but I didn't play much I only played six games my freshman year <laughs> but my sophomore year was when I like broke out so yeah.
0: You must have went to like a small I went private to a, school a
3: 4A school not 5A it was 4A So it was 4A, it
0: was and, 4A and you were hooping yeah. so you hoop-hooping. I was, was hoop-hoopin'.
3: hoopin'. I had scholarships you know scholarship offers um to a couple different schools I bet you used
0: to follow a lot
3: foul yes. oh man I, my um, my sophomore year I fouled out several games and my <laughs> my coach had to kind of reel me in and explain to me like look you can't be that aggressive you're gonna have to tone it down so then I, I learned my lesson my sophomore year but I
2: don't think that's a problem my brother used to affectionately call me Ray Lewis oh yeah I oh, yeah. played soccer and the one time I got a red card and my coach Made my team run for me because I was the captain. Oh wow! So he knew that it would make me more angry
3: mm-hmm. for them to run mm-hmm. than for me to run. I used to rile myself up before games, and my coach used to call me Bruce Bowen. I don't know. He he, <laughs> would, he <laughs> would liken my because I was big on defense. He would liken my game to Bruce Bowen because I would talk smack.
0: That means, but that that probably means like you couldn't play offense though, because no, Bruce no, was, Bowen, no, Bowen no, no, couldn't no. play offense. I though. still
3: hold the record at my high school for most points scored in a game in a, 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 a women's varsity, varsity.
0: How much did you score?
3: Thirty six points. Oh, okay.
0: That's crazy. For a high school... Uh, listen, listen. <laughs> I, I played high school basketball. I never scored 36 points. I had a double-double
3: that game.
0: Yeah, Yeah. see, like, I never scored 36 points. I did what football players do in basketball. I guarded the best guard, and I made, life hell for them because they were usually skinny. I was stronger. I was more athletic. I know for her, for sure, she's playing a soccer game, and she played soccer like I played football, which I love, her, right? And I felt like I was always <laughs> okay. confident... That she was gonna be able to take care of herself. But she didn't have like a lot of wiggle. You um, know, so if she was yeah. kicking the ball or playing defense, she's knocking people down. And there was this are they officials or yeah, referees? referees. No. The referee in the soccer game kept screaming at her. Mm. I was like, dang, like, I feel like he's treating her different. And now, yeah. If you've been a boy, it wouldn't have been a problem. Well that and too, though, and and I'll be honest, at that time, like it wasn't a race thing because no, you don't look the blackest. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. What?
2: What are you talking about? All this melanin?
0: <laughs> right, so I walk, so halftime comes, halftime comes, I politely, I get up, I walk to the stairs, I walk down down the stadium stairs, I walk around the field, I walk to the middle of the field, and I had a very polite. Mm quiet conversation I
2: just don't see that okay, see it, was that like, okay. <laughs> it was more like okay he did not make a lot of noise coming out of the stance. he did not make a lot of noise while he stomped across the grass but when he reached the field mm-hmm. you very clearly heard you see that one <laughs> not that one <laughs> and then I, think, I don't remember much that was going on I think I was mad about something I was always angry during a soccer game I was always angry so you I think same. I was typically, always yeah, crazy. I was like mad. So I wasn't paying attention, but I know that in the back of my head, I was like, oh, he better not play with my daddy. Because, you know, <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: I was like, you know, if he doesn't want, me, I'll kick him with a soccer ball. Nah,
0: And so and so like I, I see that aggression, you know, runs. But not only did you guys both both athletes, you're both two of the most creative people I know now like the rest of my creative people are actually in this room in different (laughs) places as well. So it's not like I know a ton of creatives, but so you, you guys play high school ball. Uh, both of you went to college when, when you go to college, Marion, what's your thought process? Like at that point, did you know that you wanted to be an artist at some point, or was it some sort of protocol, some sort of, of line? You felt like you had to walk as a woman of like, okay, I'm not going to be an athlete. I'm not trying to play in WNBA like I need to get a degree, get a job and be ready to get into the real world.
3: Right. So I grew up in a foreign home. So, you know, pitching the idea of being an, an artist was not a to them. It's not a viable career at that time. Hearing them say here when
0: you say foreign home, like, I'm
3: Egyptian. OK, so I'm 100 percent Egyptian. Both of my parents are full Egyptian, East Africa. So um, when I told them I wanted to study art, they were like, absolutely not. You have a scholarship. You're not going to waste that scholarship. So find something else to do. So I took my love of sports and said, well, if I can't do art, then maybe I'll think about either being a trainer, like an athletic, an athletic trainer, the the ones that run onto the field Mm -hmm. if an injury happens, or maybe I'll think about going into physical therapy. I can translate The fact that I'm good at science. I was really into anatomy and physiology. Let me translate that into a career in, you know, physical therapy or something like that and work with athletes because that's natural to me. So I studied exercise science, but, and I worked in several different different, uh, physical therapy offices and things like that, but it didn't quite um, fulfill me or it didn't quite pan out in my mind as I thought it would.
0: Right. So then you was like doing art or no,
3: no, it was such a journey. So then I, you know, realizing that that wasn't quite what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I began working in different retail, um, establishments such as, you know, being a manager for target and, you know, being an assistant manager at this clothing boutique and doing all these things. And then, um, I found myself without a job. I got laid off. And so, and I worked at an interior design office, for two years, and in fact, I helped design Jerry Jones's suite at um, okay. AT&T Stadium. I did the Jonas Brothers' house out uh, here in Westlake, um, but the woman that I was working for closed down her business and moved because she got married and she had a bunch of life changes. So now I found myself like, okay, what am I going to do? And I ended up getting this job at this staffing company that was opening a medical division. To staff for all these different medical
0: professionals,
3: you know, nurse practitioners, nurses, right? So you, et so
0: so like, were you just basically doing jobs to make money, just, doing jobs just to doing have jobs?
3: jobs? Trying to figure out what is it that I want to do because I was can't it, quite pinpoint. Was you, this I, all in college or was no? It like... No, this is so. So working in physical therapy offices was in college and mm-hmm. shortly after. Then in my early twenties, around your age, was the retail vibe, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then moving into my mid and late twenties was working for startup companies in medical staffing. Okay. So from about 25 to well, really about
0: 23 to 37 mm-hmm. years. you over
3: 30? Oh, yeah, girl, I'm 33. Girl, you look great. <laughs> hey, y'all. That's nasty. what, this is, this is what happens
0: when you do females first. I am in my... Y'all, y'all break out, y'all break, break out into like complimentary mode of, oh, my girl, oh, girl, you so beautiful. You know what I'm saying? What's, what skincare products you Listen. use? Like, like, again, things that I don't get to talk about. But in fact, I do have Fenty anti-shine now.
3: Look at you. I Go went to
0: Sephora. Not- right. I went to Sephora. The lady walks over to me. <laughs> I said, hi ma'am. I am here for some anti-shine. And so, but I had to let her know, ma'am, I don't just walk in Sephora and need makeup. Here is what I do for a living. And so this I, is why. I spent five <laughs> minutes. Like, <laughs> I spent okay. five minutes explaining to her this is my job, this is what's happening, these are the lights, this is what I need. So I got a matte lotion. Ooh. What? <laughs> and Fenty. And so I'll be on the That's side, because you know, it's COVID. We're <laughs> a makeup artist, and I make sure that I'm right. You know what I mean, but she talks about like what what it was twenty three to thirty. Yeah, obviously when you were going through your process, I was a huge part of it because anyway. I'm a genius, oh. maybe not, right? Yes. And so, but, but you know, so you win the triple. I did in the state as a senior. I did because I remember because I remember that little stupid run you had after you hit the sand pit. Yeah, he was like, hey. oh my
2: goodness, but I was so confused what was going on first off background my school had lost their jumper and my coach really went on a limb and was like you think you could do this and i was like i don't know maybe and so i did long jump only oh, wow. and then halfway through my senior season never had triple jumped you can ask my dad i'm more than uncoordinated i would literally trip
1: i would if call someone her awkward i broke yeah.
2: my ankle doing the long jump mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. and so like i like we don't know how i did it i don't have much rhythm either but they were like, Can you just go out and try it? So halfway through my senior season, like two weeks, maybe three before district, I started triple jumping. Oh, wow. And then I won state.
0: Yeah, she did.
2: Then that's exactly how it happened. Like, then I won state. You, you didn't even realize that Mm-mm. you had that in you. Because I had gone to state for long jump the year before, but it was also, like, my first year doing it. I placed third. I didn't, um like, win, but I was still like, dang, I've only been doing this for, like, six weeks. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs>
2: and then, like, the next year. You
0: were so hurt, though, when I you didn't was. make it to state for right. long jump.
2: But then that was what happened. I was, something was tugging in my hamstring and I couldn't stretch my legs out enough after triple jump because triple jump was so strenuous that I missed by like an inch to get mm. into state and I was distraught. Oh, because no. that was my, that's my, you know, my event. And I just remember there was this girl who was like, it's okay, baby. It's fine. You're going to make it in state and you're going to win. <laughs> and I was like, how am I going to win? I just started doing this and then I won. Wow.
0: And, and so, I remember we were talking about schools, right? And you had a coach. Your high school coach ends up being the soccer coach at Southern. He did. And they were having discussions about, okay, you playing soccer, you doing some stuff in track. And you and I sat around and talked. And I was like, look, Jay we not trying to go to Olympics. And yes, I said we, because it was we. It
2: was we. It because was I remember. And I wasn't.
0: Yeah, because I remember when you were like one and I came home from school that time and your mommy refused to help me with you. <laughs> and it was like 2 a.m. And you was crying and you was cutting up. And I remember looking at you in your face and saying, child, if you just tell me what's wrong, I can fix it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You never said anything.
2: I was one. And
0: so now throughout <laughs> life, I felt like I had to say, child, if you just tell me what's wrong, I can fix it. And, so, done. Mm-hmm. and so And and so, so we make the, we, because it was we, we it do. wasn't just you. We make the decision that you're going to go to LSU. We did. At the time, at the time, obviously, I'm a very overwhelming presence in life. At the time, I felt like it was the best thing. Did you feel like it was the best thing at that time? Or did you have other ideas of different things you wanted to do?
2: Um, You know, after I had decided when I was like 14, you know what? No, like, this is what I want to be in media. I want to be in journalism. I want to be in broadcasting. LSU was always in the top five. And at that time, we didn't live in Louisiana. So it was really in the top five because I was like, that's my home anyway. Like, I grew up there for six years and that's where I was born. I was born at LSU, basically. And so it was always one of those things that once you, because you're a rational person. And I mean. Very. For the most part. I was logical enough. So when you sat down with me and you were like, look, Jay, like you don't want to go farther than after college. And I told you, like, I want to look past the next four years. And we sat down and we were like looking at my you know, tuition, looking at college funds. You were like, this makes the most sense. And it did. So it was the right decision. And I think in hindsight, like looking back, it also because it made me who I am. I don't regret it. I think that it was something that I definitely should have done and I wouldn't change it.
0: Right. And so now you're you're done with high school. You've moved to San Francisco. College. Him. <laughs> college. Yeah. See. Yep. That's where we at. Good coffee. <laughs> um, so we're so, you know, we, we get to you're, you're out of college now. You're in San Francisco and you're kind of in that place that Marion was talking about where it was working at. Physician's office, right? Trying to figure out uh, retail jobs, right? Interior design, and so you and so she moved around and did all these things for this long span of seven years, and more than that, really. Well, for more than that, right? And so and it, and it takes time to find yourself. So with your new job now and, and where you are, what are the next steps? So either you make sure you don't have to bounce around and do those things, or do you look at it like you know what? I ain't got no kids. I ain't married. Bouncing around may be what I have to do in order to find my sweet spot of where I want to be. Well,
2: the cool thing about my current job, um, I work at Alfie, which is an app that's in beta testing based on women empowerment, connectivity and professional life. And overall, just uplifting women. Um, All of our stories are about women. Um, and if it's not about women, it's about a man helping women because we do want
0: to. Females first.
2: (laughs) Because (laughs) we do want to focus on allyship. Like we want to focus on, don't hate men. Tell men to join us. Tell them to help us empower people, which is one, something that I never thought I'd get into this early. Like I just graduated college and I'm already doing something that's that
0: important. I never thought you'd ever get into anything that was like, come on, men, join us. (laughs) You know, and I'm your daddy.
2: You know, for the most part. My um, radicalism stays in race. I think gender is interesting, but that's where we get into intersectionality. And that's not what this is about right now. Thank God. um, (laughs) But the job allows me to have many different mediums. I can write, I can do a podcast, I can do video, I can do a blog, I can do um, Mm -hmm. graphics. It allows me to dip my toe. In any section of media without losing reporting. Mm-hmm. And I know, and I've always known since I was old enough to not want to, you know, like
0: be a ballerina,
3: um, <laughs> which was never, you know how
0: that was for me. If we, if we were calling on you to be a ballerina <laughs> for us to make money, you was gonna never get off my paper.
3: You know, hearing that, <laughs> hearing that though is so amazing because a lot of people, see, the thing is, I knew kind of what I wanted to do, but I suppressed it. Based on because of your family. Based on familial and cultural, you know, influences. But see, you knew going into what your career going into school what your (laughs) like what your end goal was. You studied exactly what you wanted to do. Well, not really. Um, when I first went to school, I
2: was already a sophomore going into my junior year in credits. So I had to pick Ah, what college I wanted ah, to go to fast in terms of like which section. Mm -hmm. But um it was one of those things where I got there and I was basically my college already. And then something very, very traumatic happened. Mm. Awful. Mm -hmm. And Mm. I didn't know what to do, didn't know how to handle it. It was just one of those things where like never in my life did I think I was going to have to deal with that.
3: You know, what's so funny Mm -hmm. is that my degree started as, um, as going into the, Athletic training route. Mm-hmm. And something happened my freshman year that was extremely traumatic. That I completely changed my degree from being athletic training to being uh, exercise science in order to go into physical therapy. Something that I could pivot mm-hmm. my degree to quickly without having to compromise all the classes I took. But sometimes
0: that puts you in a bad position, though, this because, because you're odd. in a spot. It
3: was. It, I think that traumatic, had that traumatic event not happened, I might have become an athletic trainer and and not have been an artist. And I was meant to be an artist. That's,
2: I mean, what happened is terrible and I don't think anything like that should happen. But when it happened and I went to my counselors and I was like, I went to the dean, I went to my professors, they're not helping me. Mm -hmm. And like, I do understand that in the real world you have to deal with things. But I also know that if I looked at a boss and I explained the situation that had happened, Mm -hmm. they would... Have been a little more lenient because of how terrible it was. I'm talking about
0: Wade. I'm just talking about. And um I'm your dad. You're my
2: dad. You're my dad. <laughs> Keep forgetting. Duh! Uh, my bad.
0: But and and just for people who are listening and may not be watching, uh, Wade Sims uh, was a player at LSU, uh, very, very popular kid, really good kid. Uh, he was outside of a club, got into a fight, he was shot. Oh, and killed, no. and so, so it was something that affected the LSU community uh, oh. greatly, but he was from Baton Rouge, he was a, mm. a hometown kid, and so they were very close, and, I'm really you sorry. know, and dealing with things like that, I don't, I don't necessarily know if we're always equipped, mm-hmm. and as her dad, though, like, now looking back on it, she shared a little bit of it, but not a ton, you know, and like, I think, that those are the hard parts about school, because even though she was 20 minutes away, she got to pick and choose what was shared and not in the sense of, I don't want them to know or whatever, but sometimes people deal with things um, differently and you know, you hear it now and you kind of like, well, dang, maybe I could have asked more. Maybe I could have been there more. Uh, But I kind of parented like my parents parented. Yeah. You know, like my parents are kind of like, if you're cool, we cool. And you know, that was kind of like the, the way I was. And so Like she's going through these things, and like we're having issues with grades at the time. Yeah,
2: because I didn't know how to function.
0: Mm. You know, and so I was like, "Hold on, bro." Like, you know, I know I'm pulling. Yeah, I know I'm pulling money out of this uh five twenty (laughs) nine every every uh semester.
2: But I also had never had struggled with my grades ever, Mm. like ever, until I got. So it was a clear, you know. Yeah, it was a something something correlation. Yeah, Mm -hmm. when I tell you, I mean like. They would walk into my room in high school. I would go to two different practices, be home at nine o'clock, have to wake up at 630 because I had to get my siblings up. Without me, they weren't getting up. And it would be two o'clock in the morning. If dad walked past my door, I was up doing homework. I was studying. I was practicing for something. I was writing to make sure that I did well on my ACT, something. And so when I got to college and like that's the stuff that is happening, it was one of those things where I was like, okay, things have to change because this isn't who I am. Mm-hmm. And so I went to the... Um, it was called, it's called a UCAC, you know, the little people that help you with things, the counselors. And she looked at me and she was like, you have so many credits. I was about to be done with my, my degree as a sophomore. She was like, you can switch. You can do exactly what you want to do. Go get a degree in communications. You can keep your, um, at the time I was double majoring in African-American studies as well. Um, and she was like, you can keep all these things. You can graduate on a time. You might even still be able to graduate early. And she got me in touch with people who were. Working in what I wanted to do, working in reporting, and didn't major in broadcasting. Mm-hmm. So she connected me with people who not only had my passion for what I wanted to do, but had to change the course to yeah. get
0: there. But yeah. that's what I think, though. So, right, you did you did it very young, mm-hmm. right? So you're talking about passion, I was 19. changing mm-hmm. changing course, and, and getting to that point. What a gift! You were not young, <laughs> right? Like I you, was were, not. like yeah. you were not young. So how do you do all these jobs, right? You mm-hmm. bounce around to all these different places. And then we end up here. We end up in, right. you know, a, a gallery or what we can call this, a, a studio.
3: studio.
0: <laughs> there you go. That boy is a creative at heart, right? <laughs> so you end up in a studio and you have, and we have all, all of this artwork. We have all of these paintings. And it seems like a long way to go mm-hmm. to get to something mm-hmm. that you do already or, or, or that you knew was your passion. So what was the catalyst that kind of got you into art, maybe even young? And how did you eventually, you know, make that switch and get to it?
3: So I found my love and my talent for art at the age of 13. So my dad studied uh, and worked as an architect right? and in Egypt and here in the States. And he had me at 13, go grab some of his architecture drawings. Um, He wanted to show them to me and, you know, walk down memory lane. So he showed them to me and I was just blown away at his line work, his shading and you know, these days they have AutoCAD. It's a software that is all digital. Back then it was all by hand. Right. So when I saw that, I was like, I can do that. I want to do that. So I, he had this drawing table in his office and I used to sit and draw my favorite basketball players.
0: So Who was the first basketball player you drew? The first basketball
3: player I, basketball drew? Player I ever drew was Michael Jordan. Followed by, I,
0: I, I well, have. So why, so why is there no yeah. Michael Jordan art in here, no, though? If we understand anything, that he's Jordan. the first
3: <laughs> and he's the GOAT. Jordan pieces, Kobe pieces. I I started out by drawing Jordan, Kobe, Allen Iverson, D-Wade, yes. Isn't it what's well, really
0: weird that the LeBron is still here? Oh, you know? no,
3: it's, oh, no, that oh. is, uh, oh. has, oh. Trust me. No, 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 trust me. It is so interesting how Jordan sells like this lebron um Kobe oh, sells in 20 fast. minutes. The moment I post it, it's sold. It's done. God. We we know rest in peace.
0: Right, for sure.
3: LeBron is having a difficult time getting sold.
0: You know what? I, you know what? To, be,
3: to be honest, I don't think it'll sell until he retires. You know what? Because That's honestly, crazy. It's, circulation. it's it's still in circulation. It's uh, still up for debate. And I think that it won't sell
2: until he retires
0: what's, what's up for debate? LeBron fans to see. What's up, what's up for debate? What? That the piece need to be sold or that LeBron gonna be the GOAT?
2: No. Oh. No, no, no. She's saying that it's going to take a while to be sold because he's still... He's still... Oh. He's, he's still
0: currently
3: playing. Yeah,
2: it's so like... It's like so
0: what you're saying is... I mean, basically this man
3: just won a championship yeah. and, so, and people still didn't buy it. And it's priced at a great price in comparison to some oh of the other goodness. pieces because I'm trying to... So what, what you're saying is up. you, have to, disc, you have to
0: discount... A LeBron I James tell, piece. A uh,
3: LeBron, listen. Because he is not the Kobe GOAT. in
0: Jordan sell like this. Col- you don't say, you don't say that Kobe Bryant I'm and Michael Jordan sell is. faster than LeBron. This
3: is, this is, this is. I mean, they're giving him everything he needs. The also, thing is, LeBron has a little bit of a, uh, some sort of stigma around him that
0: that he's not the greatest of all time that stigma
3: is very polarized yes it's very polarized in opinion people either love him or absolutely hate him whereas with Kobe and Jordan it's not so polarized people can say I can see why you would consider them the GOAT but I like you see whereas with LeBron it's done either you have this opinion or you have that I personally I'm a Kobe guy I love I love Jordan I grew up on Jordan Kobe, would, I mean, he's like, he's me. a fellow Virgo, like myself. Right, listen, I'm going to
0: tell you what, Kobe could have been born in every month and it wouldn't have mattered to he
3: me. It would. no, like, But, but what are we
2: ten-
0: saying? Oh, you're about, we, okay. Tangents, this, this, this is what happens. This is what happens on FaceVerse sometimes. Um, I can always edit it and make it how f- flow or fit. You were fit. talking
3: about how your dad got you into art. Yes, thank you, yes. So at 13, thank you. Thanks, at 13, thanks. I, I found the talent for it, right? I found the love and the passion for it, and I started drawing
0: all these different players.
3: High school, I meet this great art t-shirt. Shout out to Mrs. Kimberly Bowen, who saw- Was
0: that her. Bruce Bowen's wife? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm just checking.
3: <laughs> she just saw that I loved art and fostered that love of it for me. Of course, I mentioned going into college and not being able to study it or choosing not to study it. Um, what I, I believe everything in your life is written. It's a, it's aligned. There's a meaning behind each of it. And I trust that God put me in many different um, industries and different roles because every single one ties back to being a full-time entrepreneur, right? See that word We're, you made? You like yes. That? I am a full-time entrepreneur because it, because you know, Growing up, I'm, I'm certain many of us have heard starving artists, right? It's because that stigma is what kept me from wanting to do it my entire life. That's because most artists are constantly and solely focused on creating. When you want to be a successful artist, you run it as a business. Mm-hmm. And taking from being a manager, taking leadership skills and being in retail and understanding merchandising and understanding Uh, market trends and sales trends and what what's visually appealing um, as far as a product working in a staffing firm right which required me as i was operations manager so i was overseeing budgeting forecasting pnl ordering supplies so now it's like it's it's,
0: it's like you do all those jobs for yourself now
3: you take every bit of of experience and all these different, um, you know, moments that stretch you in those jobs, and apply it to what you do now. Now you can be a successful artist because you're a successful business manager. Because I'm a successful business person. It's crazy that you say that because, in terms of getting
2: different ideas about everything and being well versed in everything, so you could be good at what you're doing. Because that's most of the reason that I decided to double major in African-American studies as well as communications. Mm -hmm. And then I found out that even in communications, I was learning just what I wanted to learn about rhetoric. Mm -hmm. I wanted to learn how to analyze populations. I wanted to learn how to take people's history and bring that into how I'm communicating with Mm -hmm. them. Because I think that a lot of people get lost in media by not understanding who they're talking to. Yes. And when you don't understand that Understand your audience. Right. If you don't mm-hmm. understand that what the masses are feeling, you're not going to know how to make your piece objective or subjective. Correct. And so like, Or
0: you could just talk about football, Jaden.
2: <laughs> no. Okay. Not just football. That's another thing. I wanted um, one of my favorite classes. I love this teacher. Her name was Raquel Robius. She, Dr. Raquel Robius, mm. she, Respect on her name. absolutely, I love mm-hmm. that. I love her. Mm-hmm. She taught a class and it was called health disparity. It was a communications class, but it was health disparity among races. And it taught me how, what to do and what not to do. I read articles nonstop. I read um, experiments, all types of things. And it showed me how many people are out of touch with mm-hmm. who they're supposed to be talking to. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think we have so many issues in America with the fake news, with the um, feeling like someone is charged when they're speaking to you, is because they don't necessarily understand you. And I told you this earlier, that people with the best intentions can end up falling on deaf ears because they don't understand mm-hmm. that the person they're talking that to disconnect. has rhetoric
0: from before. Yeah. And well I think but in in the sense of communication history plays a large role in mm-hmm. the history of the speaker right the history of the people that you're speaking with Absolutely understood right cuz if 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 I if I am giving you a thought or if I'm giving you a feeling it's usually because of the experiences of my life mm. right either the experiences of, of my life or the things that I've studied the ways I've been educated and Absolutely. the way you are receiving that is the same way as well Right. If you don't, if you have an ignorance to it and not an ignorance as in a stupidity, but if you have an ignorance to a statement, then you absorb it all. Right. And you try to take in what you can digest. Mm -hmm. But if you don't, if you have a certain level of education, you don't digest the information, you dissect it. Mm
3: -hmm. Right. And and so,
0: and so that's what happens. That's what happens in communications. If I'm, and I have a very simple job, right. I talk about something that I've done my whole life. And so in communicating that, the first thing they tell you is, Ryan, you have to remember, you're not talking to you. Mm-hmm. Right. So I can say, I can say certain things, say them in a certain way. And I understand everything I'm saying. Like I can stay covered too. And right away, I can tell you where 11 people line up in that, but I might be talking to somebody who doesn't understand that. Right. Right. So you have to break it down and say it in, in different ways, but that's also in communicating in families. Absolutely. Right. And so there were, there were things that you could come to me and bring to me and you may not think I can understand it. Or there's probably things you didn't do or you didn't bring to me because you felt like there may be a lack of understanding there. And I think that happens, you know, that happens so often. And so like now you you get in the space, you're obviously in the space of doing what you want to do. You're in the space of, of doing what you want to do. Mm-hmm. But like for me, it's important as a father that I understand that, mm-hmm. right? Because now you're doing something that your people or your father didn't think was a viable option right. for a job. Right. So how does that, does that affect your, your relationship with them now? Is that relationship good? Like, is he into your art? Like I would oh, be yeah. here all the time. Oh, yeah. you know? Well,
3: it, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting when you have a vision It's your vision. A lot of people mm-hmm. can't quite see it until you actualize it. And then once you do, then they're on board, right? Mm-hmm. So for my dad, it's hard for him to envision, but once I actualized it for him and materialized it, now he's I mean, he's over the moon. He brags to everybody. Right. My daughter is this big artist and she's doing this and she's working with that and she's got this show and you know, right, all this stuff, but for him initially it was hard for him to you know, to formulate that idea in his head, that this could be, you know, a real thing Mm -hmm. now, because I've shown that I'm successful at it. It's, it's all gravy. Right. Right. Um, I think that you got to carry that with you when, when you're trying to pitch an idea to someone, when you're trying to convince someone of, you know, a, a strategy, a, an idea, a concept, whatever it may be, you see it. But until you can physically show it to someone, they may not it may not translate. And it's on you to to execute on it to the level that, you know, you can in order for people to.
2: That's actually the mantra I had when I decided to move because I was um, I had been accepted to grad school and I was like we were looking for jobs and I was about to be in a position where I needed to. Just get a job because I needed to get a job. Mm-hmm. And I needed to make sure that I at least had some type of income. Not that my dad was gonna kick me out on the street, but.
0: It I was, mean, I may have. You just never know how I might have woke up feeling. Up.
2: <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. But it was one of those things where, like, my mom kept stressing, you know, Jane, like, you just need to be able to support yourself. She was like, you need to be able to get there. And if you have to take, you know, a little while longer to get there, then you do. And I was like, but I don't think I have to. And I don't think that I should have to put myself. And my goal on the back burner. And then she said something and I'm never going to forget. She looked at me, she goes, sometimes Jane, you just have to pivot.
3: Yeah. You know, what's so interesting is millennials versus Gen Z. We were taught you tough, you push through and do things you don't want to do in order to do what you want to do.
0: Whereas absolutely you You do what you have to do until you can can do what you you want to do. Whereas
3: I believe based on the things I've seen from family members and like the, the, generation that's coming up, the Gen Z generation is more like, no, I'm going to make it to where I only do what I want to do, you know? But that, that word pivot, she said pivot is so is that's like one of my favorite words. So hearing you say that is like, is exactly right. When she told pivot. me that I was like, how do I pivot? And how do I show my parents that you did make a
2: functioning adult? I promise. I promise you made a functioning adult. Right. It's just here. I can't function. Mm. Right here in the situation that I'm in with COVID, mm-hmm. with, you know, the way I ended up having to do school, like things were not the exact way I had planned them. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, started looking at other opportunities, other places. I started testing job markets in different places. And I was like, I have a place to live for free. I need to leave. Mm. And I pitched my idea to my dad and he looked at me. And he was like, you're an adult. If you think this is what you, you need to you do. Did
0: pitch an idea, Jaden. I, walked down I was riding the Peloton. Like let's them, okay. let's not let's, let's not real. sell let's We're not have sell a this. Moment. Let's, yeah, let's not sell this to people like this was some great grand conversation. You see what happens when you get artists on your show and they gotta bring their phone on? And I don't know who has an alarm set <laughs> for on. 2, 2 p.m. Oh no, there's a reason. Well she goes. So, so, she has to make so a call. Sorry. Like, I mean, this is live. This is live, though. This is what happens on females first. When they take over your show, they got alarms set and stuff that go off during the show. I mean, what? Okay, No. Back to what I was that's saying, though. About. Back to what I was saying. And we ain't gonna edit that either. We gonna leave that <laughs> in so people can know <laughs> that Mary and Mikhail <laughs> didn't come on the show with her phone all the way <laughs> on silent. Silent, too. So, that's the thing. So, so like, it, it, in that, because this is why I love the show, like, in that conversation, I think the, the backdrop and the history of it is important. I've had Jaden since she was four years old, mm-hmm. right? Jaden was raised with my, my wife and I. Jaden's mother doesn't live, didn't live near us, mm-hmm. right? Oh. The, the relationship between Jaden's mother and me at some points was good. At some points it wasn't, right? All I ever cared about was her though. Like it didn't, like my ego, whatever happened in my house, like all those things didn't matter. I wanted Jaden to be all right. And that's all I've ever cared about. Mm-hmm. And so you get to this point and you feel like you've parented her and you've taken care of her up until this point, it's like you have to make a decision. Like you have to make a decision. Did you do you think you've done everything you were supposed to do until yeah. now and now she can do it for herself yeah. or not? Yeah. And also too, like sometimes you gotta let people go see. Yeah. Like that, like that, like that was that was my idea. Like I don't know, like I don't know if you could swim if I don't let you go jump in the water. Yeah. Now if you jump in the water and your dumb ASS is drowning, <laughs> then I'll throw you a life jacket and we will get you out but I had to let her go do that and the one thing I knew though just by the way like by, by the way it happened like it, I'll be honest it didn't happen in the way I was comfortable with right I, I, I don't think I don't think it was handled in the way that showed me the respect and love I was supposed to have mm. right That's what I felt But even in that, like I said, I've only ever cared about her. I didn't want to make her walking out the door difficult for. Mm. Right? Like I didn't want her to think that she hurt me. I didn't want her to think that mm-hmm. I had a certain feeling. I wanted her to feel like dad is one hundred percent behind me going. Mm. So I'm on the peloton. He's on the peloton. I'm on the peloton, right? It's the peloton. I'm on the peloton. Peloton. <laughs> And she had already told me, "I'm gonna talk to you on this day, Dad. I'm doing all this stuff." I was like, "That's some bull crap, but we're talking. So she walks in, and she, which, and I, I but I already knew though. You know what I'm saying? Like I knew what was coming. Like I knew that had been coming. I felt like that had been coming for 18 years. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So she walks in. She tells me, and I say, "What do you need me to do?" Mm-hmm. And if that's what you need to do, you go do it. And so now, when when she goes out and she's living this life and she's making these decisions, one. I know she only gets she gets to know that she she only is behind mm-hmm. these decisions. Yeah. Whether they work or whether they don't work, if they work, you can be proud that you made the decisions and you took the steps to get to where you are. If they don't work, you can at least be proud that I went out here and I tried to do it and yeah. now like y'all say, you got to pivot. And so when she tells me and I'm like, "All right, cool. Like go do it." I could see not arguing with her, um not making her, not putting my emotions on her made her say, okay, now this has to work.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know what I'm saying? Because it, it, it was- it no,
3: forced it, her to say, I guess if he, go, if he not gonna no, pass me on, it, on it, 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 no, it, no, that's it. exactly what happened. It wasn't
2: uh-huh. a comfortable situation for me either.
3: So at all. I can safely speak on behalf of my parents in saying they were not pleased with a lot of the decisions that I made to get to the point that I am now both personal and professional they have a vision for who their daughter will be should be they hoped to be was it was right? a lot
0: of, was a lot of their vision based on where they're from like absolutely. Be, being egyptian and,
3: absolutely oh. you know if you if you ever go to egypt you'll find that
0: I don't really like to travel.
3: (laughs) If you ever go to Egypt, number one, you'll find that you're in a different world. It is a completely different world. Then you add on the time period in which they grew up in. They grew up in a, you could almost feel like it was a different planet. Mm -hmm. So to then immigrate here, they have certain expectations of who and what I'm going to be. Right. So going against the grain in almost every facet of what they thought was difficult for them mm-hmm. to accept but when they see the impact that one can create right. by living in who exactly they want to be supposed to be meant to be you know you you kind of sit back and say well clearly it was written for this girl to
0: be doing what she's doing but i think let
3: me put my
0: but people from the outside right so people from the outside that care about you they, 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 they don't focus on the, the positives of the journey.
3: Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, are concerned. Parents I'm concerned. are concerned about your stability. That's mm-hmm. it. Parents are concerned right. about, about other things. They're not worried about that you did a painting for Ryan Clark. Right. To be honest, no, i parents up. could care less if I did a painting for I Ryan Clark. They care about, are you whole, happy, safe?
0: Do you have Can you support. take care of yourself? You,
3: are you, and when they see, this girl never asks us for anything. She's right.
0: never asked us for anything. What's what? Kind of like <laughs> I give her. I'm so so it's what's crazy about that. this. So Jaden. Funny. So Jaden, man, like you, you, like I had checked Jaden's account. I'd be like, Jaden, you got a dollar and seventy-five cents. And I did.
2: And I would not. And see,
0: and so like, but her, her brother and her sister, man them jokers ain't going to struggle at all, mm. you know? And so and so it was always this weird thing for me, though. I was like, Jaden, just call me. All like, right, I would just cash out her money or just give her money. To be
2: fair, my thought process was, especially in college, I pay money for what I want to pay money for. They took care of my, my housing. Mm-hmm. They took care of my real bills, like phone, car, and they... You know, like, they provided for me for everything that I would have to use money for that I didn't. Mm -hmm. So, like, if I decided to get my nails done, if I wanted to, like, for graduation, I wanted to get my hair and my nails done, I wanted to get my eyelashes done, I didn't want to ask because that stuff I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, there was, like, I need groceries in there and I had a dog, so he needs to be fed. But um, it was one of those things where, like, I didn't want... Them to think that that's all I saw them as. Mm-hmm. I didn't want them to think that, like, I'm just out here living
3: my life, but you know what? You're my bank. So mm-hmm. can you just wire me money real well, quick? Well, it's interesting you say that. I had a young man, a young Egyptian man. Um, I'm called Coptic, right? Coptic means Christian Egyptian, right? So I grew up in a very Orthodox Christian home. I had a young man, he's probably 19, 20, DM me and say, How did you get your family? To be on board with you becoming an artist. My parents want me to study this. They want me to be a doctor. So, um, if I try to say, I want to do X, Y, or Z outside of that, I get major pushback. And I said, are they footing the bill for your life? Are they bankrolling what you do now? Your schooling, your, your lifestyle. He said, yes. I said, well, if they're bankrolling what you do then they have complete, that's completely fair that they have dictation over Mm -hmm. what it is that you're doing. If you want to go outside of what anyone else wants for you, it has to be on your own. With your own funds, and show them that you can't expect them to pay for something.
0: <laughs> hey, so I think. Do you get where I'm going? Yeah, with this? I, mean, I, I so get saying. I, think, I said,
3: make the time. If there's something else that you want to do, take the time to explore what that is, do some research, and start getting into it on your own. Yeah, I think. Then when it's time, that's, that's probably. It's not fair.
0: Yeah, that, that that's probably like a different life than what she had to live. Because my I, thing is this. That's just it, have, yeah, my thing movie. is, no, just, my thing is, have a freaking plan. Yeah, like I, like, I don't, I, like I don't care what you want to be. Don't. Like she could have wanted to be a freaking astronaut. But don't complain. Have about a the situation have a, without having. Yeah, if, of you, of if you're gonna be an astronaut, you can't right. be like AJ and uh, you you Armageddon. Yes. You can't. You can't be drilling oil and then have to save the world from right. a meteor. That's not how you get it's to not. be an astronaut. Like you got to take the proper NASA steps. I
2: think it's really important also to push that my dad's never not told me that I couldn't be a reporter. Mm -hmm. He's never not told me that it wasn't a viable option Mm -hmm. to be in broadcasting. He That's a blessing. Right. Now, he did tell me- I
0: never told you, because never not mean I did. That's a double negative child.
2: I said never not. I said- You "You, you "You sure did. (laughs) Don't tell my English teacher. (laughs) I'm a parent. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't tell my English teacher from high school. She'd die. (laughs) But um, he never did those things. Now, he did look at me and say- that he hates the broadcasting major because people don't understand what has to go into it. They don't understand that it's more than just I get to be on TV. Mm-hmm. But um, for me, it was about storytelling and creating that way. But it's one of those things where it's like, I didn't have to worry about that part. Now, I might have to worry about the path that we go to get there. But he never said that my career option wasn't mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. He was just kind of like, no, dude. Yeah. Do you really think you should have been doing that? Yeah.
0: Well, I think because well, because like here's the I think the difference with what with what you chose to do, right? You chose to go into art. Your parents aren't artists, even though your father's an architect. Mm-hmm. He, he wasn't an artist. He wasn't an entrepreneur. Right. Like you said, he didn't go out on his own. Right. And start his own thing. Exactly. So he doesn't have necessarily the knowledge to go into that. Yes. I have children who one way or another do things I've done. I got a son that plays football. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So They're it's hard
3: going in your footsteps. Well, in, in yeah, but,
0: and and so, so it's hard to sit there and have a level of knowledge about something that's going on mm-hmm. and not feel like you can impart that. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so, and so when, when she's telling me she wants to do these things, obviously my path is different, but I'm looking at it like, nah, like I've seen people work their way to you do have it. They weren't, yeah, yeah, they weren't doing that. Mm-hmm. And I think, and so that was kind of always like the, the pull between she and I, but, to sit here with you and, and for you to be like, nah, like this is how I got to where I got to. And now I get to live in my passion. Right. Which I think the the, the world revolves around being able to combine your purpose and your passion mm-hmm. and give it meaning. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's what it's about. And that's the same thing I want for her. Like I know like my child is deeply layered You know, she's she's a bi, she's a biracial child. She's a child that grew up with her her black family. Mm-hmm. Right. She's a child now that lives with her white family. Right, she's a child that I've had to teach as as a as a a dad who's from New Orleans who don't know nothing about nothing. Right, I met her when I was Mm nineteen. Right, so I had to teach her that who you are holistically should be Mm loved. Right, you should love every part of you. Right, I love every stinking part of you, and I'm never gonna not. And like that's the one thing for for us that I always try to communicate. Our relationship is not reciprocal. You see what I'm saying? Like because I love her and because I treat her a certain way and because I take care of her, she doesn't owe me anything. Like that's my child. Yeah. You know. And so does she. did she do like stupid crap that I ain't like? Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Was she disrespectful sometimes? Absolutely. But that ain't changed That don't change the way I love her and the fact that I want her to succeed. Like mm-hmm. I want her to live in that purpose. Like I want. I want her to affect the world in some way, well, I could be like, damn, mm-hmm. you know what? Like, for that little skinny 19-year-old kid with the big old head, like, you did all right. Mm-hmm. And when you, so now, being in this space, and I'm sure that you want to continue to grow, right? You want to continue to get to another place. Like, you want to be in a place where you're like, you know what, my life as an artist is sustainable. Like, I get to go where I want to go, live how I want to mm-hmm. live. But in the end, like, that doesn't leave a legacy. Like that just sustains our lifestyle. Right. What legacy do you want to leave with your work?
3: For me, I feel like the legacy I want to leave is that um, I've taken the gifts that God has given me and whether it be the gift of gab, right? Whether it be the, the gift of art, you know, whether it be the gift of relating to others and use all of those in a way that pushes others towards finding what their mission is on this earth and living in that exact same way. A lot of times people talk about purpose and they, and I was mentioning this to you earlier is when we talk about purpose, for some reason, it always relates to a career or monetary gain. I know that I was created to create. Whether that be to create art, whether that be to create conversation, whether that be to create a new idea in your head that you never saw before, whether that be to create connection with others. And if you, when you find that, yours may be to serve, right? I know my mom's mission on this earth is to serve those around her. Right. It has nothing to do with what your career is. If you can find what that mission is and in any room, apply that in any opportunity, in any conversation, in any, in any way, enact that I feel like we will live whole fuller lives mm-hmm. through my work. I'm able to create these kind of conversations. Had it not been for me having the ability to take a moment in time, an image, a memory for you and make it into a visual piece I wouldn't be able to sit in this chair and talk to you on camera right right but because using that opened the door for me to be able to then sit in front of this camera and speak with you my goal through my work is to encourage and to implore everyone to find what that is because living without knowing that I was I felt dead inside right I didn't I didn't feel like I was living a real life right. and when I finally pinpointed I don't care what cultural, what familial influence, what any, I know that this is what I meant to do and getting the help, seeking the help to get to that point. My life is, I can't express to you the amount of peace that I feel in my life every day, just knowing that I get to do what it is that I do. It's crazy.
0: Jada, in listening to that though, do you feel like, you're getting the opportunity. You're on the path to live in that type of life.
2: I'm gonna be honest with you. When when talking to you, and I've, since I've walked through the door, I have felt that like this could this is a twin soul. Um, but yes, I feel when I got the job because you know I called you when I had, well, texted you when I had the interview. I texted you when I got it. It was such a sense of relief and peace mm. to know that I moved out of my house that I've lived in. For twelve years with the people I've been living with for forever, and I did something because I said something is telling me to go. I think I should do it, and I got a job in twenty nine days.
3: Listen to yourself. I think as women sometimes we don't
2: listen to that's ourselves. The, that's the point I'm trying you to make. You listened lost. to yourself, and so when I when I got the job, and then when I found out what I was going to be doing, I've always loved telling the truth with my writing. I love being able to tell someone's truth in a story. Mm-hmm. I loved painting because I'm a realist painter. So I um, paint in black and white and I paint portraits. I loved people being able to look at that painting and seeing someone's story. I um, painted Sean Taylor for a friend of mine Mm. and I was over the moon because the sweat drop on his forehead was a sweat drop. Mm. And that's the same way I feel now doing feature writing. I feel like when I get to write about people when I get to write about the mission and I'm telling their truth, that that is what I was meant to do. Mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. that's why I loved art so much though, because I got to tell somebody else's truth and I got to let other people see mm-hmm. those things. like Storytelling. Was, right, I love storytelling, mm-hmm. specifically because I think that people need to hear things. Like I think people need to see things, I think people need to hear things, I think people need to experience things. And through your gaze. Right, and I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that experience. And the fact that I'm doing it now, so soon, I don't think I have felt this amount of peace since I went to college.
0: Well.
3: And it's important to note that peace doesn't mean you're not going to encounter challenges. Yeah. no, we, we, we were just talking about challenges that we face, even within doing what we love or feeling that this is the right place. That's meant to stretch you. You know, that's meant to. I heard a sermon just the other day, and it's like if you, you know. Got your pillows lined up, and you lit your candles, and got your little bowl of chips, and get all laid back with the remote and whatever, and you're you're comfortable now. And it's like, okay, use me. Mm -hmm. No, that's not how it's gonna work. It's never gonna work that way. You are going to be met with sparring partner after sparring partner, and I don't know if you know much about boxing. I don't.
0: He does. I'm not a fighter. Prior to to a
3: fight, you know, you spar with different fighters Mm -hmm. so that each part of your game, if you will, is strengthened. And that sparring partner is meant to hit you. Right. Listen, sometimes we encounter whether it be an actual person or it be a circumstance situation. It's like I, I mean, very spiritual. So it's like God bringing you a sparring partner to to strengthen that part of your game, so that when you get in the ring, and that punch comes at you, you're able to pit, like you said, you're able to, pivot, you're able to. And then sometimes you do and knock down. I just, still,
0: I think though, but the, it's up
3: to you to get up, the, you know, the, off the mat.
0: The thing, because I can only come at this from like the father <laughs> thing, right? Mm. Is that when you're a father, like your goal is right? Like I want to be the, I want to be the helmet, right? Because the one thing that happens when you spar is, if you're the fighter who's going to be headed to the match, you wear helmet, right? Because you're not going to spar yeah, and, and the allow somebody, right? The you know what I'm saying? Allow, some, and allow somebody to punch you. Yeah. So it's it's not a situation that we're not asking or we're not hoping that you ever face adversity, right? Because the one thing about the way I grew up is, like, you're supposed like. Dot mm-hmm. dot dot. How you gonna respond to it? You know what I mean. And so, like, I don't, I don't mind those parts. Mm-hmm. The the thing that you try to do as a parent is make sure that the adversity you face is not adversity you put upon mm-hmm. yourself, right? And I think, and yeah, and then and, and, yeah. and, and don't what, let it be self-created. Yeah, and, and so and so and, what, and what's hard about that is we also have to learn, especially with daughters, right? Like I'm different with Jordan. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like Jordan was in the eighth grade. He did something stupid. I walked, I probably shouldn't say this. I walked into (laughs) his room. I threw him some gloves. I was like, put them on. And he's like, why? I was like, because we're just going to get this out. We're going to get it handled. We're going to get done. Right. With with, with my girls, I was always different because there had to be, there had to be a lesson taught. Right. Mm -hmm. And with the lesson being taught, it always had to end when I walked off, no matter how it went, they had to feel like, I know no matter what, if there's only one person in the world that's gonna be there, it's gonna be him.
2: Mm-hmm. I think that, no, I know. I know that the one thing my dad has taught me my entire life, he's taught me many things, but his main message is no matter how small the world tells who you are, no one can shine out your own light except for them, mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. He's taught me that it doesn't matter what they tell you, it doesn't matter how they try to beat you down, mm-hmm. that if you work hard enough, what's meant for you will be for you. Mm-hmm. And I know that my story's not done. I've barely started. Mm-hmm. I might have just opened the book and this is the title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I know that he has prepared me to be able to handle everything. Whether I handle it well and I'm flying Jesus. and I'm soaring, whether I whether I don't. It's one of those things where it's like, <sighs> he taught me for a long time. Nobody owes me anything. Mm-hmm. He taught me that the way I respond to things, not everybody's going to respond to them. He's taught me that the way you look at things, not everybody's going to look at them. And because we don't always see eye to eye because of our different experiences, I know that just because someone is talking to me and doesn't understand me, mm-hmm. that I don't understand them, doesn't mean there's a lack of respect in our mutual conversations. Right, yeah. My dad has always parented me, but when he walked away, it wasn't a, he doesn't love me, he doesn't value me. Mm-hmm. Those things, he taught me how to communicate your feelings. Mm-hmm. He taught me how to communicate a rational point if it was rational. And at the end of the day, that just be the conversation and then move on from it. Yeah. Now, I'm not very good at it because I am a woman. And sometimes it
3: just,
2: yeah. it dwells I, on you.
0: The, so I'm about to wrap this up. But mm-hmm. I think the, the thing that, like, I am not a creative in the sense of I don't necessarily have certain talent, right? Sure. But like very much like you said, creation is, is so different. You know what I'm saying? Like I have created humans for sure. Yeah. Um, but in creating those humans, like you cultivate them and you hope that one day they get to a point to where they can now do the same for someone else. And I always my, my thought was I need to teach Jordan, who's my son, how to love, support, take care of, provide better than I was taught. Mm-hmm. Not not better than I am necessarily, but better than I was taught. Because if I teach him better than I was taught, then he does end up being better than me. I needed to teach her how to take care of herself, how to be whole but also what it feels like to be loved, right? And Mm -hmm. and, and to be loved in the right way. And I can't say that I've done that as an adult in my own relationships as well as I've done it with my kids. Mm -hmm. And I eff it up with my kids too. I just love them little boogers so much. Mm -hmm. But I think the thing I took away from today was that sometimes you have these ideas because I was like, Marion is is super talented. She's super intelligent. Mm -hmm. She reminds, I was like, she reminds me of my child, right? Mm -hmm. There are things that she'll, she'll never get from me that I ain't going to ever try to give her because I don't understand them, mm-hmm. Right. But you puts people together sometimes. Like I created this idea. I was like, bro, it'd be super dope. But if I did a podcast with Mary and Mikhail, I also had Jaden Clark. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I was like, I think that'll work yeah. and it does work. And then when I see you guys talk, it's yeah. more so not the podcast hosting me or the football analyst. It's just the dad that was like, dang, RC. Yeah. Females first was dope. You so.
3: always say, a lot of people say I'm not creative, but you are creative. You did, you created something. Yeah. You definitely creative created a relationship. Is, creative is with solutions, creative with strategy, creative is uh, more than just art or sculpture or fine art. People typically go, you created a bond, or a connection, a, a conversation, a, yeah. And it all started with an idea. Everything starts with an idea. Yeah. That painting started executed. with
2: an idea, and that's the point.
1: Yeah. See. We we'll back to face first. Peace. No more, no more here, yeah. Underestimated and still I made it. In the book of hard knocks, I'm highly educated. Nobody told me looked over, but still dedicated. Played in the league for 13. I ain't gotta be favored. Two Super Bowls, Honolulu. I stood with the greatest. The thing is this, it never rich. I'm good with my neighbors. DB precision, television, ain't asked for no favors. Numbers don't lie, neither do pitches back and down or turning back